0: The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later.
1: Hello,
2: I am the Pope, and welcome to the Major Spoilers of Weekend, the podcast.
0: That's right, Pope. We are here this weekend to talk about. Well. It's the Pope. All right, the Popa. Has two okay, Popa, thank you for she being a part. You
1: the, the wrong syllable.
0: I see. How about uh, this week of the Popa? How about we get Matthew and Rodrigo in on this conversation? No. And...
2: <laughs> I do not like them. I'm going to be the
0: Popa for the whole show. Okay. Uh, this week, we're going you to the major com forums, and we're just pulling some random uh, topics, some random comment of the millions of, of, of comments and topics that have been started. And under the category of movie review suggestions, Double Dumbass on You, this is John from the uh, DoubleDumbAssOnYou.com website, pops in, yes, Uh, he pipes in and says, how about a Carpenter themed movie review marathon? And specifically, he says, uh,
2: Jesus of Mallow and uh, Passionate.
0: He specifically says, Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing, and Escape from New York, although I think Matthew and I agree that he's missing out on They Live in that list. They live in the fog and and Christine and Dark Star. Dark Star is a wonderful movie. Santa Claus, the movie. You know what, Matthew? uh, Neither Rodrigo nor (laughs) I have seen Dark Star. Dark Star. Fill us in on Dark Star.
2: I want to say it's his first movie or the first movie that I ever heard he had, but it's kind of a future. It reminds me a little bit and came out about the same time as Silent Running. Oh, okay, because that's what I'm thinking. far future. Yeah, and uh, Dark Star is the name of the ship. Yes. And the ship is carrying these nuclear weapons. And right. the nuclear weapons have a, a computer mind that's incredibly depressed. Mm-hmm. So the nuclear weapon is actually suicidal, and the computer wants to kill itself. Mondays. Why did it have yeah. to be Monday? There's, hmm. there's some entertaining stuff going on where the characters hate each other. What I remember more than anything, because I'm the guy who remembers these things, is at one point there's a sequence where you see on a screen it says something like up yours and a guy's name yes and it turns out that the guy was like one of the the production supervisors who was in charge of money Ah. and they were intentionally taking a shot at him ah but it's it it's kind of this weird metaphysical thing where you can't tell star wars with the kind of budget they have so it's kind of like rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead or maybe like um What's that other one? With a tree and the old guy. A tree and an old guy? There's two guys.
3: Waiting for Guffman?
2: Thank you. Waiting for Guffman. That's exactly what it is. It's kind of like that, but it's really entertaining. And a big chunk of it actually ends up as the movie Alien.
0: Ah, okay.
2: For all intents and purposes.
0: Is there a cameo by Marvin the Paranoid Android? Life. Don't talk to me about life. And that's probably what it's set the ship all up. Three
2: Days Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Really? Actually. Wow. Dark Star was the late or
0: early seventies. Okay. I, I think say
2: Hitchhiker's was later.
0: I think Skrull Brian has seen this movie a couple times and keeps ranting and raving on about it. Uh, and, Dark Star? Uh, yeah. And it's just like, really, I've never, you know, I've never been familiar with it. And He's like, oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. So. Oh
2: yeah, it's wonderful.
0: One of my. And it's
2: it's one of those things where you can see his later directorial style just. Sort of in its in its infancy, which is fascinating to look at.
0: I I hate horror movies as a as a young kid. Horror movies used to scare the bejesus out of me, and I remember the first time that I saw his remake of um, of The Thing. Oh, it's creepy! Oh my gosh! Here we've got uh, Kirk Russell as a as a scientist. Actually, was he a scientist or a mechanic? I think down he was in, a scientist, wasn't he? Down in the Antarctica. And as they were going out, they lost contact with one of the other stations—the Swedish station or something. They go out <laughs> and they find something in the ice and they bring it back. Big mistake.
1: Bad idea. Something in the
0: ice. One thing <laughs> leads one thing leads to another, and people become infected with some alien virus. And Isn't he like the
2: janitor or something? Or I like don't know the,
0: what he, I don't remember what his job duty was. I want to say he's like the he's mechanic the, he, or something.
3: Isn't he a truck driver who's missing an eye? (laughs) No, that's something else. I think you're mixing a
0: couple of movies together.
3: Uh, The thing, I mean, he kills girls with the the
0: General Lee, right? Right. The thing about the thing is that that is such (laughs) a, it it really... Wait, you went to and came (laughs) back from the... Oh, the fifth dimension's gonna eat us! I, I just, I found this to be a creepy 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 ass movie in that it was so frightening especially the scene where they discover that the dogs have been infected and you know the thing pops out of the carcass and it's like and it's got all the tentacles flapping around oh my god i almost lost it Right? why i'm
2: afraid of oatmeal to this
0: day (laughs) i did not sleep literally i did not sleep for two days after seeing that as a whatever, however old I was at the See, time when that came the out. the pathologist is played by Wilford Brimley. Yeah. It's the right thing to do, <laughs> the way to do it. Diabetes! <laughs> Diabetes.
2: <laughs> Wilford Brimley, if you watch this movie, knowing who Wilford Brimley is, is the kindly grandpa,
0: the, the yeah. rough man from uh, our house. He's right. just like, oh,
2: oh, God, it's horrible. You know, I heard, they're,
0: I heard they are remaking the thing.
2: Well, technically, this was a remake. Well, I know, but
0: they're remaking the remake.
2: Yeah, because we'll... Howard Hawks did the original version of the right. thing in like 1954.
0: 54, yeah, yeah. Rodrigo, what do you think of the thing?
3: Um, I liked it. Yes, <laughs> there you go. People drink. Um, I didn't. I didn't actually find it that scary, and and I think that's that's like my the the fact that
0: did you uh, watch it as a ten year old? You know.
3: I did not, but did i you prob- watch watched it on television. Yes, I did. That is why. Um, that yeah, that's probably why. Um, also because my generation is just totally jaded to bad special effects. Um, <laughs> you flame war in three, <laughs> two, one.
0: You know, you kids need to get off my lawn because I'm tired of you with your fancy CGI's and your 3D's and your compositings. Back when I was a kid, we had had stop motion animation and we liked it. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Hang.
2: You cannot judge a movie like this. Based on the effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't,
3: and, and I'm not. Uh, I was just are. mostly you trying did. to get a rise <laughs> out of you guys. Um, it, it wasn't bad. It was, bad. It was, it that was people pretty, are like, I don't
2: like this. It looks like an old comic book.
3: That's because it is an old comic book, you student. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was just, it's, it's one of those things where, um, some of the, some of the best movies or some of the movies that I've enjoyed the most, uh, especially as far as suspense is the ones where you don't know what's going to happen next. Right. Um, you know, I, I went to see Resident Evil when it when it first came out with some friends, and they were like, "Wasn't that scary?" And I was like, "No," yeah. because I knew exactly what was going to happen every time. It's like, what is the most obvious thing? And three, two, one, zombie, right? right? Um, not with a thing. Like, it, and and even if you can guess how it's gonna, what's gonna happen, you don't know how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And every time it's a brand new, disgusting way yes. of freaking you out.
0: I know that there were a lot of people shouting at their iPods a moment ago. Uh, Kurt Russell was the team's helicopter pilot.
3: Hmm. Okay. So, so, so you, anybody... were, you were partially
2: right. He did sound like a mechanic. Yeah. And um, the other guy was the voice of Goliath.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yes, Matthew, Keith what? David was the voice of Goliath. Let me ask you this. Um, okay. Kurt Russell Seven, was dying in the snow or something at the end of the movie. Uh, Do you think he was infected? I think they were certainly setting up for a sequel. Well, we saw the dog, which probably was infected, running off into the the snow. But But the
2: cold was the creatures, you know.
0: Yeah. I was always wondering if he was infected.
2: Well, I think that that would make for an interesting, you know, secondary film. Yeah. I think that that would be an interesting sort of thing where we look at... What happens next? But we don't know, and we're not supposed to know. Half the fun of this movie, half the reason that the story survives, you know, in in the minds of old bald men, is that you got to the end and there wasn't a clever wrap up where Ah oh, turns out he's not.
1: You yeah, got that of moment of him ending.
2: lying in the snow, and he's like, "Uh, we're we're probably going
0: to die." Yeah.
2: They don't even know if they lived. I mean, they could have frozen to death there in the
0: the tundra. That's true. Do you think John Carpenter uh, has a thing for Kurt Russell? I mean, he was in Big Trouble in Little China, which we'll talk about in a moment. The Thing, Escape from New York, and probably a couple other movies on that
2: list.
3: Uh, You get that. I mean, look at Tim Burton and Johnny Depp.
2: It's a collaboration thing. They like to work together. They have a similar mindset. I mean, I think... um, didn't they do like four or five movies together? I, I'm
0: thinking they did. I'm going down here and let's see. Uh, did they got... do
2: Escape from L.A.? They
0: did Escape from L.A.
2: And they did Elvis, and they did this, and they did Escape from New York.
0: Mm-hmm. Was they... he in the fog? I no. don't know if he was in the they fog. They did The no. Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. No, they don't go uh, back that far.
2: No, that was a John Carp- Carpenter film. <laughs> no,
0: it was not It a John was.
2: Carpenter. Do you remember the part where, oh, come on. <laughs> No. You don't remember?
0: I do remember the the computer that wore when tennis the ten- shoes.
2: The shoes came to
0: life? Oh, yeah, that part. Okay. All right. Tried
2: to eat everybody, and then they were all, you know, they were going to be killed. And Dexter was, you know, oh, no, I have a computer mind, and now I will kill you.
3: Arr. Then there was that 20 minute <laughs> cripple fight in the parking lot.
0: <laughs> Rodrigo, give us a breakdown of Escape from New York.
3: Okay. In Escape from New York, there's a guy named Snake, and he has an eye patch. Yes. And he's a bad guy. He is he's a not bad a good ass. guy. He's a bad guy. That's However, right. he is still the protagonist. And somebody gets kidnapped and gets taken to New York. The president. Which is Yes, the president gets kidnapped.
0: His plane crashes. Um,
3: his plane crashes. And now they are holding him <laughs> there because there are bad people in New York.
0: Right. New York is actually a prison.
3: In it New is. York. It is a prison full of bad people. And that's where they take the bad people. <laughs> Which is pretty close to how it is nowadays, but they don't officially call it that. <laughs> so, Snake gets on a surfboard and surfs. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's <laughs>
0: Escape from L.A.
3: Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, Snake um, gets on his truck and No, bites, that's um, a Big Trouble in Little in China. Combat.
0: <laughs> no? That's a Big Trouble in Little China.
3: He's the one where he lives on top of the
2: World Trade Center. Right. Yes. Yeah, they, they essentially
0: tell him, look, we're going to give you immunity, or we're going to tell you that, you know, we're giving you a, your well, get out of jail free the card. He has a computer brain, I think. But then they inject him with something that says, you have to rescue the president in 48 hours, or your head explodes. Or is that Running Man? I forget. Scat me. <laughs> Why is Escape <laughs> from New York any good, Matthew? <laughs> or is it not uh, any good? Because
2: of professional wrestler Ox Baker. The ox, who is a scary, scary man. That is why escape from New York is good.
3: It's also Maybe. good because doesn't it take place in 1998?
2: Yes. Yeah, like 90, 1997, dystopian future of nineteen ninety seven. Don't you remember when the world end, World War Three came around, and yep. then New York became a giant prison planet, and Wolverines! they decided not to tell all the stupid people because oh. <laughs>
0: You know, I right. uh not a big fan of Escape from New York myself.
2: I managed to turn that really silly joke into a burn on Steven. I know. That I,
0: I'm like a I'm like a good man ballerina. I'm not a big fan of Escape from New York. Or Escape from really? LA. Nah, for some reason okay. it's like I understand the concept. I like the concept. I think it's an interesting concept, but then it becomes a nineteen late nineteen eighties video game where it's like, okay, let's go from this level to this level to this level to this level. To this level. And fight well, the fight, fight the groups along the way. Well, true, true that.
3: And predates video games. Nineteen eighty-one. Yeah, Space Invaders came out in eighty-two.
2: Space Invaders is widely believed. Okay, to so be Escape
0: De- from New York then video. then spawned the uh, the craze of let's go from from I level should. to level over to level. Although yes.
2: <laughs>
0: so that's why I'm not a big fan of uh, Escape from New York.
2: Come on, I love that moment where the American band stands <laughs> Come on. Matthew's crazy. How can you not love
0: that? Matthew's crazy.
2: How can you not love that? It's got this movie is like a, an endless hey, it's that guy. Right. There's there's uh the the Angel Eyes
0: is in it, and uh the guy from uh Well they got Airwolf Lee Van they got Lee Van Cleef in it. They right. Got Angel Ernest I, Donald got, Pleasance is uh, the president. Got
2: Blair's father from Pretty in Pink. Isaac Hayes uh, is in it. You got the girl who slept with the swamp thing. You got uh, the Ox, Ox Baker, who is mm-hmm. who, quite one of my favorites. You know, it's just I mean it's filled with all these wonderful character actors doing character stuff and chewing up the scenery and you know a destroyed statue of liberty which is ironic because by the way the statue of liberty is a good 15 miles from yeah. the center of manhattan. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there at this point in time. It's in the middle of friggin' manhattan and you're going to learn to deal with it. You know, it's it's a movie that gets by on bravado
0: mm-hmm.
2: and sheer come on. Tell me this didn't happen. Come on, I'll punch you in the testicles. You know, it's 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 a story about an anti-hero. It's a story about a guy who just kind of walks in with his big swinging dick and punches things (laughs) until he gets what he wants. You can't hate that. Right. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's not exactly a thrill ride, but it's one of those stories that is inevitable yet unexpected.
0: You get uh, to the
2: point where it could only end this way. And yet you didn't see it coming.
0: Is escape from New York. Is this Kurt Russell's breakout role as an action star?
2: No, that was the Computer War Tennis Shoes.
0: Well, that was more of a high comedy kind of that wasn't blow crap up no, and and no. put bullets the in people's heads. The Computer War Tennis
2: Shoes was a horrifying story about the mechanization <laughs> of our society and it really a loss of identity and having yourself subsumed in this It computer was not an
0: action reality. it wasn't a big action movie. That was it look was. at that that was that was that the 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 father's taking their daughters to the movie and say well, you know when you get older you should look for a nice clean-cut boy like that kurt russell kid
3: That's i get what... um kurt russell and patrick Swayze confused a lot of the time <laughs> so yeah, i like, can understand which that. one was a ghost which one drove patrick Swayze. It, Doesn't patrick Swayze have was it, was he in roadhouse uh, yeah that
2: was patrick Swayze. okay
3: right. was he not driving a big-ass truck in that one no, he nope. was
0: driving a little red car. Kurt Russell drives a big-ass <laughs> truck in Big Trouble in Little China. One of Swayze my favorite... did
3: drive a big-ass
0: truck. Kurt Russell did in Big Trouble in Little China. No, Patrick Swayze didn't drive a big-ass truck. No, 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 he didn't. Kurt Russell did in Big Trouble in Little right. China.
2: I would say probably Kurt Russell's real breakout role as an action star would be the Fox and the Hound. Oh, in come on. which he worked with a young Corey Feldman. <laughs>
0: uh... I think Escape from New York came out before that. But... Oh, just barely. Well, yeah, they came out in the same year, but I think it must have come out just a tad before. Well, that. I would say it's probably,
2: uh, Kurt Russell was known for being a Disney, you know, kid. And right. I think he played the same character. He, there were sequels to the Computer War Tennis Shoes, and
0: he may have been in the Shaggy Dog or something, you know.
2: I, was...
3: I was
0: trying to remember if he was in the Shaggy Dog or not.
3: Well, I Kilmer's think... another guy that I kind of get confused with those two.
0: Okay, you can
2: stop now. (laughs) Val Kilmer was in Real Genius, and that is one of our our classics of American literature, sir. When, When we are old, they're going to analyze Real Genius as the Citizen Kane of our time. They're going to ask yourself, you know, Rosebud meant this, but what did it mean when he said... This is ice. This is what happens when people get too sexually frustrated, just like Stephen. No, wait, that's not the one. Hey.
0: All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Big Trouble in Little China, one of my favorite movies oh, of all time. Big Trouble
1: in Little China. In China.
0: That, with music written by uh, big John Carpenter, trouble. and I think performed by John Carpenter too. In Little really? China, uh, man, I like. What is their name? Showed up to save the day what is there not to like about Big Trouble in Little China? Pacing. of yeah. the three movies. Yeah. It's my least favorite. Really? How come? Pacing. Really? Okay. Mm. I just like yeah. it. There's a couple of little bits where it's all of a sudden has these talky moments where it's just like, why are we back in, in the Black Pearl restaurant talking again? And then all of a sudden we're back into the action. So yeah, I would agree with you on some of the pacing moments in there. But when they get into the whole mystical aspect of the story and fighting these, these gods and fighting Lopang, this guy that's been around for, or Lopan that's been around for a millennia, that's just Lopan. some fun, that is just some fun stuff. It is a fun movie about a guy who is out of his element, that is trying a to... the giant
2: swinging dick who just yes. kind of comes in and does whatever <laughs> he wants and kicks people. It's basically the same movie.
0: Right. Well...
2: From, eh. you know, from the... From the, the hero with a thousand faces journey. Mm-hmm. One of those faces is a giant swinging dick. But, uh,
3: <laughs> sorry, you had to be there. That sounds horrible.
2: It really does. <laughs> um, I think what, what really strikes me is the, uh,
3: the appearance of Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Right. That's Interesting. Right. Um, see, this was, this was back in that time when the most sought after actor in Hollywood was that blue lightning effect. Yes, <laughs> you know, wasn't that. He was Back Flairs. to the Future. You know, yep. like, that was his heyday. And, you you know, after that, people kind of got tired of him. And, you know, he would find, he would do stuff every once in a while. You know, he was big in weird science. But then after that, you know, you just kind of didn't see him anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I really liked him, too. He was good in the uh, Mortal Kombat television series.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's kind of sad when a big star like that gets, you know, reduced to kind of B status i think TV he's shows, doing porn now but it worked for steve True. Uh,
0: uh, mm-hmm. sure. big Trouble troubling little chat one of my favorite movies ch- i gotta watch it at least once a year or else bad luck occurs
2: i think one of the things that strikes me
1: is, oh, no! oh, Matthew Spidler, I, drink again about
0: this particular movie is was that one of the things in air quotes
1: <laughs> well,
3: wow, we're really, we're really, really trying to get these into t-shirts, aren't we? I
2: really think we're we're just trying to fill forty-five minutes on the weekend. Now,
3: I feel that Kim
2: Cattrall is miscast. Yes. yes, I agree. I feel that. um, You know who I would have wanted to see in that role? Who? Uh, who's the chick who played Catherine on Beauty and the Beast? Oh, you mean Linda the
0: Terminator? Linda Hamilton? Yeah, Linda
2: oh. Hamilton. I'd want somebody who can do that sweet and, and gentle and then also punch you in the testicles. By the way, that's our seventh testicle reference,
0: for those of you paying attention. All made by Matthew.
3: Ooh, one more <laughs> and I get a free Coke. Yay! <laughs> but I just, I, I don't know why
2: it never it never gels for me. Part of it is the fact that at the time that this movie came out, I wasn't really an action adventure guy. And Stephen's was going to call me a heretic. I, uh, one of the reasons that I remember that Buckaroo Bonsai and this movie have some tentative ties is that my brain makes them all one movie. Right, right. We've talked about <laughs> this For the longest before. time,
1: <laughs> Buckaroo
2: Bonsai and Big Trouble in Little China and one other movie, and I can't remember the name of it now, were all the same film. Right. And it's, in my mind is just doing this huge tour de force thing with, you know, Kurt R- RoboCop is the third film that for some reason <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even like like came Bonsai out years it? after. But that's not that's the way my brain works. My brain puts that all together and it goes, uh, Kurt Russell to Peter Weller to, uh, Mr. Clavin's dream board.
0: Peter, but yeah, Peter Weller, yeah. Peter Weller, you know Peter Weller. Yeah, Peter Weller, was, Kurt, Kurt Russell to Peter Weller again.
2: Right, and it's one of those moments where this movie doesn't have the same emotional tie for me. Mm-hmm. This may be your, this is your the black hole. Right.
1: You yeah, know, I will yeah. argue I black, suppose the black yes. hole
2: is a wonderful movie because it was a movie that hit me at a time where that movie worked, where that mm-hmm. movie, where I was in outer space, watching floating robots on strings. You were watching Kurt Russell and that digital lightning effect. What even
0: digital? Some guy was actually some guy painting it in drawing, painting it on the screen, the thing- you know, physically animating each cell. The interesting thing about Big Trouble in Little China and our last film, They Live, and hey. one of the other ones that, that we talked about earlier, I think The Thing, is my family lived hey. out in the middle of nowhere. So we had three TV channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS on a good day when it's not raining. But if I went over to my friend's house, he had something called the HBO the hobo. Oh, I love the hobo. You know what's wonderful
2: about HBO in the '80s? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment, kill some time
0: here. They they ran Big Trouble in Little China, and they they live used a to lot. have
2: this bumper that they would do between shows. Right. HBO was at the time under the same laws as the network to where they tried to start their shows at the top and bottom of the hour, mm-hmm. which meant that there was a lot of filler. They don't do that so much anymore, but there would be. There was this long bumper. Where you would see this long pan across the city and you'd hear this music and this little fanfare go da 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 They still use that. And it was like a five minute thing yeah. where you would follow across the thing and this giant HBO would come out of the sky, out of the stars, and that song would give me goosebumps every time I heard it. And it was literally like and then of course it'd be followed by like hardware wars or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, HBO was a phenomenon, man. There were no commercials. Right. It was cable television. And if and if you, you watched watch
0: movies with boobies. I know. If you watched after 10 o'clock, boobies. But
2: the thing they is. They had Porky's, man. I love Porky's because Porky's is another classic of American cinema. I remember I think going next over. the a weekend episode. We're going to cover Porky's
0: and Hamburger the Movie and Spring Break. Oh, I remember Hamburger the Movie. I was over Wonderful. at my friend's house. And it was like two days in a row. We were just hanging out over the weekend and uh, we were watching HBO and it was raining. So we really couldn't go out and do anything. And they started running big trouble in little China. And my friend had already seen this. He's like, hey, you got to check this out. This is pretty crazy stuff. And we sat and watched it and I fell in love with it right then and there. And then the next day. Uh, if we you s- love it so
1: much, why don't you marry it?
0: <laughs> if I could, I would. But I'm already married and and bigamy is illegal in Kansas.
2: Uh, bigamy
0: and it's big of you too. <laughs> Then the next day, they run another John Carpenter movie. He's like, oh, yeah, I've seen this one, too. You've got to watch it. They Live. And I was blown away by the concept of They Live. And the boobies. And there was at least two boobies at the end of the movie. But you had to wait till the end of the movie to see those boobies. No boobies in Big Trouble in Little China, which I rate hi- very highly. They Live is the story that, again, is set in the future of the 1990s, where the economy has fallen apart and people are... You know the world. The you know the U.S. has gone to shit. People are unemployed, and Rowdy Roddy Piper, who's not really given a name in the movie, uh, goes out we'll just west. Call him Rowdy. They he goes out west to seek a job, and he gets a job in construction, and he meets a bunch of other people, and he and he sees something strange going on over at the uh, at the church, and it seems to be some people are really rich and some people are really poor, and one night the police show up at the. Uh, at the uh, church, and they just rouse the place. They just haul people off, and and Rowdy thinks something's going on over there, and he goes to investigate, and he finds this box full of sunglasses, and he's like, "What the f? Why are all these people worried about sunglasses?" Until he puts them on, dun, dun, dun. and then he sees the world as it really is. Aliens have invaded. Dun, dun aliens have invaded and they're they're putting things into our minds some subliminal messages telling us to go to sleep to eat to consume to obey and it's I got like this
2: when it was on tv and they called it b yeah <laughs>
0: and, and then uh then rowdy roddy piper and his uh, friend keith david get into a 10 minute brawl as they try to force each other to put the uh, sunglasses on and then uh rowdy Ryder, roddy goes after the uh after the alien antenna that's broadcasting the message. In which he dies. The end. <laughs> what do you uh, think? I'm, and, it's also got some of the greatest lines of any movie. I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Thoughts on, yeah, on They Live?
3: Um, I haven't have seen the entirety of <sighs> They Live.
0: Can't stand it?
3: <sighs> no, no, no. It's not that. It's just Is that it the special never... effects? Yes, it's the lame special effects. Now, you know what? The, the only reason why I have seen some of they, they live is because the, um, a lot of the film professors at my school really liked it. Oh, yeah. It's so a great movie. I've seen, I, I've probably seen the major beats of the movie spread out over four years of school. Um, and
0: you didn't just say, you know what, I'm just going to sit down and watch it so I don't have to go to class when, when the professor starts talking about it, or I can start bringing up my own opinions about, about the movie?
3: Nah, I, I only do that with good movies. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> oh, so, Rodrigo.
3: Yeah, anyway, uh, anyway um, it, you know, I, I think a lot of the stuff, I mean, Matthew kind of uh, had a good point, believe um, it or not in that a lot of the stuff that we've seen, uh, a lot of the stuff that we, uh, that, that they had on, they live has been recycled over and over and over. I mean, it, it's sure kind it of a, uh, it's, it's a by the numbers conspiracy movie, right? Uh, maybe, and I don't know, maybe before there were by the numbers conspiracy movies, you know, I mean, we've yep. seen this stuff again and again. Um, and they live really kind of, uh, Pulled it all together in a really solid way, um, even if it ended, even if it ends up coming as uh, across as like a, a B movie. I mean, you know, it's it's not it's not a movie that gets um, talked about a lot. You know, not even a, as a classic. And I think, you know, from what I've seen, and and historically speaking, it kind of deserves to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matthew, well, thoughts on is, don't they live?
2: This is one of the earliest. Um, How shall I put this without actually calling the people down upon us? This is one <laughs> of the earliest interpretations of certain elements of um, 14 and, and fringe theories about lizard aliens controlling the economy. And right. I don't know, you know, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. and fam, it's
0: fine. And fam, it's
2: And if I'm going to, hopefully they won't find me because I'm hiding,
0: but (laughs) yes, our reptilian to
2: see this movie and then look at the things that happened and the changes that have happened and the various theories that people have come up with in the ensuing 30 years to where you look at it and you go, you know, these people are talking about the movie. They live
0: (laughs) yeah, Yeah.
2: to some degree. And it has that, that moment, you know, you've made it. You know that you are a pop culture icon. You are part of the landscape of Americana and the things that we share in the 20th and 21st century when it's no longer just about what you personally actually see and experience. In this age, when it's all about things that you can experience that you weren't even there for, Mm -hmm. you've really arrived Mm -hmm. when you're parodied on South Park. Yep. And the fight sequence, cripple fight. The, what is it? Twelve minute fight sequence. No, it's a,
0: in 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 no they live. It's only five minutes and twenty seconds.
2: For no reason at all, <laughs> and it's just the wonderful moment where they're poof, poof, for no reason. Yep. and it's so awesome because again, I, I I think the the underlying theme of all three movies is
0: testosterone
2: yes yes my testosterone in an entertaining way where you know these are not deep thinkers none of none of our protagonists of these films oh no are what one might refer to as a brainy person oh no 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 they're not and yet you can look at it and you can still see you know a a cleverness at work and a real perspective that carries over into his best work christine
0: (laughs) well actually um let me run down the, the order that these movies came out in, because I think it goes to something that I, I find kind of interesting going through his uh, list at IMDb. The Fog, which Matthew mentioned before the show, came out in 1980. Escape from New York came out in 81. The Thing in 82. Christine came out in 1983. Starman in 1984. Big Trouble in Little China, 86. Prince of Darkness, 87. And They Live in 88. I find that interesting, and we'll come back to that in just a moment, Matthew, as you talk up Christine. Okay. Christine It's a seminal movie for me
2: in that Christine is one of the first times that I actually remember um, sex and naughty words and scatological references. I would have been 12 when this film came out, and I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater, and I don't know how. Well, I, I do know how. When I was 12, I was six feet tall and 300 pounds, but that's not the point. <laughs> the, point is, the point is this. It's an interesting movie. First of all, it's my gateway to Stephen King. Okay. This is my first interaction with anything King. And uh, Stephen King later became one of my favorite authors, especially his short stories. So Christine, to me, is a wonderful movie in that it, takes you to a place where you go, wow, who wrote this? And then you go and you find Stephen King novels, and it's just like, "Oh!" (laughs) And it's an emotional movie. And, you know, it's kind of a a shocky Friday the 13th element film. And yet, Carpenter puts this thing together to where Arnie, the main character, is this creepy idiot, and you hate him and you want him to die. But you don't want him to die because you realize... He's almost a good guy, and you want to see him save them from his fate. It's got action. It's got car crashes. It's got, like, hundreds and hundreds of Plymouth Furies being sma- smashed into nothingness. Yes. There's a sequence where the car crashes through gas pumps, bursts into flame, and someone is running and running and running down the highway, and then out of nowhere, out of the darkness, out of the blackness, comes this flaming hell car that just runs him down. Right. And the the camera stays with him. So the car comes into view. You see him running. You the frame the car car frames hits the body. The car runs out of frame, and the frame stays with the flaming corpse tumbling down the road. Yes, it's a beautiful piece of cinematography, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's it's scary. Now I saw it maybe eighteen months ago on. One of the million, millions of channels that I pay for that I probably can't afford. <laughs> like three in the morning, Christine came on, and I sat there and I watched it. Could not stop watching it. There's a point where, you know, a guy gets cut in half, and you're like, ha guy got cut in half. It's, it's a story, really, about love. Right. In a, in a creepy, off-brand way. Right. But again, it's another one of those things where, you know, our main character, our protagonist, is not likable. Right. But somehow the way the story is put together, you kind of, you don't necessarily root for him, but you understand him and you support him. hmm And he's kind of a schmuck. Yep. But you want him to be a better schmuck. And it's got Harry Dean Stanton.
0: And it's got that scene at the there. end where Christine's all crunched up into a little block and all of a sudden the radio comes on and then the credits roll. Yep. And you hide under yeah. the covers for two days.
2: Shock ending, shock ending, <laughs> kind of like the thing you for don't 1983, know. 1983,
0: sure. Yeah, exactly.
2: You you don't know what's going
0: to happen, and I like that. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of awesome. All the all the films that we talked about come from the 80s. I think this uh, was John Carpenter's decade or the 80s because in 1992, his next film that he directed, not that it's a terrible film. But Mm. memoirs of an invisible man.
2: That's a terrible film. (laughs) It It really is. Memoirs Um, of an invisible man. The nineties.
0: The nineties include body bags, in the mouth of madness. What's body bags? I don't know. And apparently, no one else knows either. Vampires, escape from L.A. and Village of the Dam.
2: Actually, vampires. John Carpenter's vampires. Right.
0: Came out in uh, ended in nineteen ninety eight. Man, oh, no, the no, '90s—the no. '90s sucked for John Carpenter, and then he followed it up in 2001 by proving that he continued to go down the suck route with *Ghosts of Mars*. I haven't seen that one. Is that Pal Kilmer? That is—I forget who that's, is in Patrick that.
3: Patrick Swayze.
2: There were like two of them. No, there was it's, like got Ice, of it's got Ice No, that's the one that's got Nastasha
0: Ice Cube, and Jason Statham. Yes. Pam Species Greer is Ch- in it. Yes. Okay. That's
2: Natasha Henstridge. Yes. I thought you were talking about Nastasha Kinsky from Cat People. No, I didn't Nastasha think that was
0: Henstridge. Whatever her name Who is. Who did Cat People? I don't know. I thought that was it a carpenter John, movie
2: for a second.
0: It wasn't John Carpenter. It was carpenter.
2: John Hughes. Yeah. John Hughes did Cat People, yeah.
0: But it, it, it seems to be that I for... Know. It seems for... No, Cat you don't People. even know. Paul Schrader was the one who directed Cat People. Thank you. You have access to the internet, and I'm it not. has Nastasha Kinsky in it. But it seems that for John Carpenter, Kinski. it the eighties were his decade, and he hasn't been able to hit the level of cool that his eighties films had. It's
2: tough to rebuild something like that, and one of the I oh, almost said it. I, when I lived with Otter Disaster in a series of garages and basements, right? Otter used to talk about something that he loved about some of his favorite bands—that garage band feel, where something is—it's wonderfully primitive, and it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, they sound like they're playing in their garage. It's 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 some guys making music that you and I could replicate if we had any talent and fifty bucks. And that uh, Carpenter's work in the 80s has that primitive kind of garage band feel to it, that sort of, uh, uh, well, we we put this together out of, out of cheese and baling wire, and some of the things that we did are creative, not necessarily because we're inherently creative and wanted to do something, but because we only had 50 bucks for effects. Mm-hmm. I like that, that thought process. I like what you get sometimes. You got to make something out of string and baling wire, right? The you get mother I of mean, necessity you, kind of thing. Exactly, you get something that becomes more than the sum of its parts. Right. Uh, in a weird way, you know, John Carpenter reminds me of um, pa- Bob Rafelson.
1: Mm, yeah, Bob five, Rafelson.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: who did five e- easy pieces a- and easy writing. Right. Where he would put together these things and by necessity of whatever they were doing or what they could afford, you'd have these quintessential moments like, I want you to hold the chicken salad mm-hmm. between your knees. You know, you, <laughs> you have to come up with something to really grasp a hold of because you're not going to sell this movie based on bravura visuals and and flibby dibbies and fifty thousand dollars worth of special effects you're selling this movie on okay this is snake plissken and he's this guy
3: and he paraglides into new york and he saves the president because new york is like a prison and stuff
0: mm-hmm.
3: well let me ask you let me ask you something steven do you mm-hmm. think that i mean you're saying that his movies in the 90s suck do they suck because he changed something or do they suck uh-huh. because he didn't change Ooh. I
0: think that the reason that's why they are not okay, Memoirs and Invisible Man, I think was an attempt at being funny. Mm. I think because that's how it came off. And so fail right there because that's not his that's not his his go to thing, comedy. Yeah. He's all about action flicks, he's all about suspension action flicks. Body bags have no idea what that is. In the mouth of madness, certainly is not a Cthulhu tale. Uh, Village of the Damned is a remake, and I, I don't, is that the one that starred Kirstie Alley?
2: Um, yes, it did. Not a yeah, very Kirstie good, yeah. oh, not, a,
0: Go not a very good remake. Not a very good remake. Escape from L.A., didn't care for it, just like I didn't care for Escape from New York. And then Vampires, goes back to what he was doing, but I think at that point people were just didn't care, and, uh, and it, so it didn't work. I think he tried too hard and I think too many people had their fingers in the final outcome of that pie. He worked with Tom Welling on The Fog Part 2. <laughs> he did a remake of The Fog, didn't he? Yes, uh, there was a there was cool. a Tom Welling he, uh, not as a director, he didn't do it. Um, no, Tom okay. Welling starred in a remake of The Fog yes, that was like that's
2: produced right. by him or something.
0: I am looking down his list and looking for... The Fog. The Fog. I only see the... Uh, 2004, the, I think. producer of The Fog, yes, for 2005, yes. The Frog. Yes. Uh So, you know, I just think it may be, Rodrigo, maybe going back to your question... Maybe it's that these ha- these movies had an impact on me at the time that they did, and so that's why I like them a lot. But you have to realize The Big Trouble in Little China is is a silly movie that's supposed to be a— I mean, it's not—just like you said, you don't like the pacing. There are some obvious flaws in all of these that we've talked about. Uh, but for some reason, because of that time, and it may have been for Matthew with Christine and me with— Things like Back to the Future and and Big Trouble in Little China. These are our formative years when things are happening for us, so this sticks to us. Uh, But i got to tell you, I was excited to see Ghosts of Mars in 2001 and walked out of that theater going, I'm not sure I ever want to see another John Carpenter movie again.
2: John Carpenter's Vampires was kind of cool. Because you have to say, John Carpenter's Vampires. (laughs) Also, John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness wasn't horrific.
0: What was that about? But
2: in the Mouth of Madness? Yeah. It was about two hours long. <laughs> okay. It was about this tall and about this wide and about this country about which we're singing about. It's about a guy, I think, he, it reminds me a little of uh, Jacob's Ladder, actually. Mm-hmm. A okay. guy has this mental breakdown, mm-hmm. and he kind of flips out, and as he gets crazier, the movie gets crazier, and it just... But it does have a wonderful ending bit. Where this guy goes so crazy, right? He's nuts, right? Right. And in the movie, he finds a movie theater playing a movie about him going crazy, called "In the Mouth of Madness." Whoa! Whoa. Where he sits down in a theater and watches a movie about his life, which is the movie that we have been watching about his life. Uh. Ah. It's Uh. very Cthulhu. Kind of Cthulhu-y. Is it? It's kind of. It's got a Cthulhu-y in it. You know, it's got a, a kind of a a tone or a, yeah. je, a joie de yeah, I could have swore. A, <laughs> I, could have, a, I could have looked <laughs> to flop the point for you. A piece de resistance that I find, uh, <laughs>
0: <not be
2: sick.
0: laughs> I could have sworn that he also did the people under Dude, the well, stairs. We, we are
2: all going to be jousting with baguettes.
0: Yes, we will. Oh, Wes Craven is the one that did the people under the stairs. Okay. Not yeah, John Wes Craven.
2: Well, actually Carpenter and Craven's work do share some similar uh, mythos. Yes. I don't know if you've seen The Serpent and the Rainbow. Yes. Which is a Craven film, but it feels like a Carpenter film.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think about this, Matthew?
2: What do I uh, think about I, this Matthew? I
0: am I am IMDB. I like this Matthew. IMDB says currently You're in development. What? Currently in development for John Carpenter. They Live and Escape from New York. So it sounds like we're getting remakes on the way of both of those films.
2: Well, didn't he remake? He remade The Fog and he remade Halloween. Right. He's probably remaking all the movies that made him really, really popular with a bigger budget to see if they'll stick.
3: Oh, I don't that see, sounds terrible. I don't sound see any terrible. problem
2: with it. He's kind of cashing in on it, but... Bear in mind, John Carpenter's Vampires and John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness do indicate that he's trying to brand himself as John Carpenter's John Carpenter.
0: John Carpenter has been branding John Carpenter since John Carpenter's The Fog.
2: Yeah. If you look at John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, I've never seen it, but it's apparently interesting. It has Donald Pleasance in it, who I believe was in John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> From um, 1978. <laughs> yeah, the original, not John Carpenter's Halloween again from 2007. <laughs> or John Carpenter's Halloween H20, which is a retelling of the original Halloween movie. Only, um, 20 years Jamie later. Lee and Co- it's 20, still got- 20 years later. Yes. Yeah. I, and some people now think that she's a uh, transsexual. Yes.
0: All right, everybody. I think that wraps up. Rodrigo or Matthew, you have any other thoughts on uh, John Carpenter's movies? John Carpenter's
2: Escape from L.A and mm-hmm. John Carpenter's Escape from New York,
0: you need to give another chance to it. I to watched it John out. Carpenter's Escape from L.A., and it's got that <laughs> scene with uh, don't, with, don't, Bruce, well, don't. with Bruce in Hang it with the, with the plastic surgeon crazy man, and as much as I lo- love Bruce Campbell, I saw that, and I was like, all right, that's it for me.
2: Don't read, don't watch John Carpenter's Escape from LA before you sit down and watch and absorb John Carpenter's Escape from New York because it's really touching upon themes that go all the way back to John Carpenter's The Thing. Mhm. In that John Carpenter's The Thing and John Carpenter's Halloween and John Carpenter's even Starman are about John Well, are Carpenter's you sure that's, that's a, I think
0: that's John Carpenter's and- Starman. I think you're misquoting that that movie title there. No, I'm not. John Carpenter's
2: Starman. <laughs> also John, known Carpenter's as John
0: Carpenter's Starman. Starman.
2: But that's not the point. Yes. John Carpenter's Starman is John Carpenter's
3: Starman. Yes. And John Carpenter's,
2: you, the Philadelphia Experiment.
3: If you look on IMDb, um, John Carpenter's Starman in Europe was called John Carpenter Presents John Carpenter's Starman. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. God.
0: Well, uh, Major Spoilers is thank you for being a part of the Major Spoilers experience. Or maybe it's Major Spoilers thanks you for being a part of Major Spoilers presents the Major Spoilers experience. Hey. What we want you to do is head over to MajorSpoilers.com, go over to the forum <laughs> under the movie sections, <laughs> and fight it out about which John Carpenter movie rocks. Which John dun, Carpenter dun, movie dun, doesn't rock? Dun,
2: dun, 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 dun.
0: And uh boy, John, Carpenter.
2: John Carpenter's Ninja Cheerleaders is a good one.
3: You know, I actually get uh John Carpenter, John Hughes and John Woo confused. <laughs> 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 so I always expect Snake <laughs> Plissken to cry about the fact that his party is terrible and then how a bunch of gun ninjas burst through the door. <laughs>
0: All right, everybody. We're going to be back on Tuesday. I would
3: see John Carpenter confused with
2: John Holmes, which makes for some. Really oh, that's interesting
0: sad, Matthew. We're going to be what? back on Tuesday to talk about Justice League, A Midsummer's Nightmare. Why? Because we love because comics. you love you. Yes, and we do too. Take care. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Major Spoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com/majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com/majorspoilers.
1: what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm stark raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the hard cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in the fun Being in the Middle East With a gangsta and throwing soldiers what a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Wow, 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 wow! What a major spoiler!
0: Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.